right. Well, thanks for tuning into the Graphic Designer Podcast. Um, I guess we've survived to episode two, which <laughs> I suppose you could consider that a good thing. Um, I'm, I'm the show's host, Dan Nesbitt, and I'm joined with uh, my colleague here, Jessica Rosengard. Hello. Hey, and uh, today we wanted to talk um, about when you should pass on a client. Um, we're talking about that moment where you realize that someone isn't going to work out for you. They say or do something that kind of makes you go, eh, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, so with that out of the way, um, yeah, any input so, on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's what's important is this is kind of a, a wide a wide enough topic where, uh, you know, it's, it's not a matter of trying to make it sound like a negative thing, um, mm -hmm. because you could be basically saving yourself and this potential client, uh, a lot of time aggravation, et cetera. So it's, it's really yeah. more that, um, at least from my perspective, knowing when, uh, being keen enough to type, kind of take the temperature of the, this new relationship you have with this potential client and being able mm -hmm. to judge like, you know what, I don't really think I'm going to be the right person for this job or to right. be able to say, you know, I think I'm going to pass and right. it doesn't have to be so negative. It doesn't have to be a, a big dramatic thing. But, um, mm -hmm. I think that the, the really, at least for me, the, the more experience I've gotten, the easier it is for me to determine when, uh, I need to pass on a project and, right. and it's okay to pass on a project. I, <laughs> I passed on projects sometimes because I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh, come on. I'm not doing a website for $500. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not even covering this conversation. Um, right. but then there's also other times where it sounds, it's a really awesome job. It can be a lot of money, a really good project, but, um, I'm just not feeling it just like mm -hmm. it's no different. If you try and look at it this way, when you, uh, interview for a job and either they don't feel that it would be a good personality fit or you don't feel it would be a good personality fit. So you don't take the job. Um, mm -hmm. you got to look at it from that perspective because you're running a company you're right. providing a service and they're hiring you and paying you money for it. And you can't mm -hmm. be miserable throughout the process. That's true. Yeah. And I think this issue, I tend to see it crop up a lot more with younger designers, younger freelance designers. Um, you know, I, I think the older you are, the more experienced you are. Uh, like you said, it's easier to, to kind of to pick out the bad ones and, and avoid the situation altogether. Um, I guess the whole reason we kind of started this episode um, was my little story that I had um, <laughs> was about a month or two ago now. Um, and I guess just for our listeners to, to kind of be in the know, um, and I'm going to kind of shorten it up here, but um, I received a, an inquiry from a potential client. And I've been fortunate that I've always had some very, very amazing clients. And I'm not just saying that because this is a podcast where I, you know, potentially, you know, all my clients are listening to this. Um, they genuinely are good clients, amazing people to work with, very trustworthy. Um and so anytime that I've had a new client uh, or a new potential client come towards me, um, I've always kind of had a larger barrier of trust because I guess you could say I hadn't been burned. Um, so in this case, I, I had an entrepreneur approach me and she was you know, looking for some design work from me. And right off the bat, rather than you know, keeping to a phone call or you know, email, what have you, uh, I just went right for you know, meeting at a coffee shop. We were both, you know, in within a couple miles of each other, you know, so meeting up at the coffee shop wasn't, you know, some big deal where I was driving a half hour out of my way or anything. Um, 
So anyway, sat down, um, had a decent conversation with them, and then, how long? I'm just not to interrupt. How oh, long no, do you no. think? You um, it was probably about a half an hour to an hour plus um, travel time. Yeah. Okay, I'm just trying to get that, a good realistic picture here. Yep, yep. Because I know um, what happened. So. <laughs> well, of course you do. Um, so anyway, you know, we we sit down, we have a meeting, and for the most part, the meeting went great. Um, during that meeting, there wasn't any real huge red flag that said this was going to be a bad relationship. Um, you know, she knew a few other people that I work around. Uh, so, you know, we shake hands, um, we leave the meeting, you know, she says, send me an estimate, you know, so I can, you know, figure out which way I want to go. Um, so I do. And then I never hear back from her again. And, you know, after a period of time, you know, I, I get a couple emails, you know, hey, let's set up a, a phone call. You know, I have a few questions and then I just get completely blown off. So it ends up being that I'm not able to work with this person anymore, or this company anymore. And now I'm not only out, you know, the the time that I took to, you know, do an estimate or anything, but as you pointed out, I really went too far above and beyond and really didn't do my due diligence in properly vetting them from the get-go. Um, and I possibly could have saved myself two to three hours total of my time, um, you know, which starts to boil down to a half day of work and, you know, half day of work, you know, especially when you're billing hourly, like many freelancers do, that gets to be a lot of money lost. Yeah. Well, you know, the interesting thing about the situation, and I know all of the nitty gritty details, which we don't need to get Mm -hmm. into, but, um, in a general sense, I think being a business owner, you know, we are in some respects salesmen. Um, Mm -hmm. and that, with that comes the that kind of risk of yeah you're going to have to either take a conference call with a client to talk about a project um, or a meeting. Now, for mm-hmm. me, um, I am by no means saying like I don't meet with people. Um, I am trying to be as efficient with my time as is possible and to make sure I'm not wasting anyone's time because a a meeting usually an in-person meeting could last a lot longer than a phone call and it could ultimately either work out or it could be just as much of a waste of time for the client to have sat there with you for an hour as it is for me to drive their cab at their, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in the city, so I would be taking a cab. But, um, you know, what I, I always try and pre-qualify, I think we talked about this last time and Dan and Dan and I talk about this all the time. Um, this notion of pre-qualifying clients before you really get into too much of a conversation, again, to save yourself both any potential lost time. And um, so, and I remember talking to you about this situation (laughs) and I kind of was like, oh wait, you met with her? And you know, again, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk, like you should never meet with clients, but I'm like, wait a minute. So you had, you didn't really have enough information. And it's one of those things that only has to happen once. It is a good learning experience because you almost need to have those kinds of things happen so that you're like, I'm never doing that again, or I'm not going to do it that way. But, you know, pre-qualifying people, getting certain pertinent information Mm -hmm. before you actually go and sit there because, uh, look what happened. Now that's not to say it's going to happen all the time. Yep. Um, Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess we can, you know, with that out of the way, um, you know, we actually did have a lot of good discussions after all that happened. Mm -hmm. And um, since then, I'm happy to say that I've changed my ways. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that kind of gets to the, the meat of our episode today is, um, you know, how do you approach that? And, you know, what do you do when you realize things aren't going to work out? 
And for me now, <clears throat> when I have a new client approach me, whether it's by referral uh, through my website, you know, just a, a cold lead, I think is the proper term for it. Um, now I insist on a phone call. Um, you, you don't get coffee from me until you're actually paying me money. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually something that I've been doing in these phone calls, uh, I usually try and keep them brief. Um, ideally, it's usually 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, I find that to be long enough to introduce myself for, you know, the potential client to introduce themselves. We can talk a little bit about their needs. And then the one thing that I'm always sure to do, if it's, you know, for like a website project or something, is I I like to try and give them a feel for what my price range is. I don't, you know, say, well, based on what we talked on, it's going to cost you X amount. I don't do that because, you know, that that puts you in a spot. Uh, But I might bring up Something like, uh, you know, well, a, a website on this scale in the past, I, I've done projects like this and my price was, you know, is from X amount on up. So I kind of give them more of a range. And what I'm finding is when people hear that range, it's either within their budget, they sound interested, they want to move well, on. Wait, I'm, I'm um, sorry. You're giving them a range and saying, hey, this is pretty much what I think it's going to cost? Or a very like, like uh, from X amount on up. You know, I, I give them kind of a bit of a bottom end, but so you're not saying to them what's your budget. You're saying, well, for, based on what we're talking about, it's probably going to be a minimum of this or higher. Yeah, and and a lot of that comes from my experience. In you know, for, if we're going to pick on websites, a lot of it comes from my experience working on websites. Mm-hmm. I know for most projects, you know, the minimum amount of time. So I, I do have a level of comfort telling people that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the thing that I like about that is it, it kind of gives them an idea, you know, if they were only planning on spending $500 and I give them a quote of $5,000, we can cut the conversation right. short. They can be on their merry way. Right. That's that's usually my reason right. for it. Um, and, and, you know, it's, I always explain to them, you know, that's my starting rate, but we need to take into consideration your needs, your specific, um, you know, things that you need this website to do. Uh, and, and, you know, I inform them that that typically adds to the cost. So, um, well, you know, just listening to this, it's kind of funny while, while we were sitting here, I went back. Um, it, I didn't think it was this long ago, but I found, uh, an example that I'd like to discuss and it, it turns sure. out it was almost exactly a year ago to the day. Nice. Um, and Dan, you will totally remember this because this was just <laughs> this was like knee slap and peeing in your pants kind of funny. This this is like sure. I can't even believe I got this far into the conversation um, mm-hmm. because I did not really listen to my gut and I should have known better. But um, mm-hmm. I had uh, someone basically it was a referral and uh, from a colleague and I had a conversation and I, I was already feeling like I don't know about this one and I, I ended up having the conversation over the phone because they're an out-of-town client mm-hmm. and I put a proposal together which as you know is not a two-second process it takes time you yep. need to proof it adjust whatever needs to be adjusted and um, set up terms and um, I sent an email please find the attached proposal, everything, you know, kind of spelling it out, um, Mm -hmm. whatever. And the response was, and this is, this is, I'm not kidding here. This is like full on, I'm reading (laughs) this from, from this email chain. The response was, uh, if you can do it for XXX, it'll work. Otherwise we won't be able to do it. Well, Mm -hmm. that number that they came back with, I said, I can appreciate your low budget, which is why I was thinking what it was to see if it would, why I was asking what your budget was to see if it was realistic. 
Um, but a price of XXX means a 60% fee reduction, which I won't do. Like they were, they were kind of too tough on the phone to begin with. I should have known better. So Mm -hmm. I basically, so this just kind of ties in with like when, when you can walk away, you know, this is my price. This is what it's going to cost. We, we went over this for over a half hour on the phone. I'm very clear. I've seen your site. I know Mm -hmm. what what we're talking about here. Like this is what I do for a living. This is what it's going to cost. So it's insulting. And I mean, insulting to the point where I don't need to let it bother me so much, but it, there's still, right. it's still insulting for <laughs> someone to come back and ask me and be this, this bold, like, right. if you can do it for 60% less, uh, fine. Otherwise we won't be able to do it. And I said, okay, then I won't be able to do it. I said, right. also, this project is going to require at least 45 hours. I can't do all that work, all the required work in 60% of the time. And I said, flat out, I will have to pass on this project. Thank you for mm-hmm. the opportunity and good luck. And I thought, okay, I'm going to wipe my hands of this. That was kind of annoying. It was a waste of maybe 30 to 45 minutes of my time, but okay, so be it. Mm -hmm. And he came back to me. I'm not joking. Like two (laughs) hours later, what is your best and final? So after my sending the email and this went back and forth. So long story short, over the course of the evening, you know, the afternoon and evening, we had probably six different calls and Mm -hmm. he was begging me to do it for less after I kept saying no at every single email. I kept saying, I'm really sorry. My last estimate is my best and final, which I think just, just to kind of point out, it's okay to stand your ground. It's okay to defend your work to the point of like, look, you asked me for an estimate. This is, this is what I do for a living. I know how pretty much how much it's going to take. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm very good with my estimates. I can get things down to anywhere from a, a two to three hour variance one way or the other, which is not bad mm-hmm. when you're talking about, no, you know, 30 to 60 hours worth of work, be, being, right. being accurate down to two to three hours plus or minus is not bad. Yeah. Um, and, and go ahead. Oh yeah. And, and the one thing that I want to point out, you know, I would hope that our listeners don't, you know, run into a situation like that. I mean, it's, I think that might be kind of one of the more rare ones, but not to discredit or anything, but um, it almost, the way I would actually approach this, it's you look more professional when you're able to stand your ground, when you're able to stand behind your rates. Um, I've seen too many people, you know, in the past where, you know, they they kind of get some, some, you know, resistance from a, a potential client or whatever, and then they bend because they want that project so bad. And the thing that I always try and point out to people, and it's it's kind of like dating a little bit, that there's always other fish in the sea, you know? It's, um, this one didn't work out for you, but when you consider how many different businesses, how many different companies there are in the world, or even, you know, in your local community, losing one out of, you know, thousands and thousands of more that, it, you know, would still be within your ideal client range. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Well, and it, it's funny that you just, I, I just wanted to add a few points to this because this, it's, sure. it's going to, the story isn't, isn't quite over. Um, <laughs> and it brings up a lot of really interesting discussion points. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact that I said, I, I'm going to pass. And he said, well, what's your best? And I'm like, that's my best. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but you know, this is now the third time. I mean, I didn't say it like this, but the gist of it was like, look, you know, um, he, I said my word for word, my, my last estimate is my best and final proposal. This is my work. Mm-hmm. I am an award-winning graphic and website designer, which I know probably sounds really arrogant and I'm not, I really am not that kind of person, but like I'm at the point now where I'm being pushed to do that. I said, sure. all of my clients pay the same hourly rate for the best work possible. 
The project mm-hmm. requires skill as well as full 45 hours work to design code and complete. I am sorry I am unable to lower my rate or do the work any faster than estimated. Mm-hmm. And he said, I understand you are talented. If you can go down a bit more, I can talk to my partner and get this finalized. Let me know what you think. And here's the new talking point. This is a long-term deal, not a one-time play. Yeah, and that, I'm still amazed with, yeah, and I'm still amazed that in this age of the internet where every client from Hill Story you see at some point involves that line, Mm -hmm. that, that people still think, that that works. Um, you know, I, have read through a lot of websites, you know, that cover things like spec work and the like, you know, where you get the line that it's good for your portfolio or it's great exposure. You know, if you're, if you're good at what you do and you treat your clients with respect and you do an absolutely amazing job every time, even for the ones that, that do pay you your full rate, you will get exposure. You will get referrals. I, you know, people enjoy it when they can trust somebody with something uh, and and that person they trust it with does a good job. You know, they're never afraid to find their friends and say, you know, hey, you need a website, you need a logo. You know, here's my buddy John Smith, um, you know, give him a call. Or, you know, Jane Doe did a really great job on this this flyer. You know, when your, your company needs a new batch of flyers, give her a call. She'll take care of you. She's amazing. Uh, you don't have to do, get that for free. There are well, people out there who are willing to pay. And and <laughs> I basically responded back to that email to him and said, unfortunately, I am unable to lower my fee. The hours mm-hmm. and rate are set as listed on my estimate. While I appreciate the promise of future work, I make it a general rule not to lower my fees based on the promise of future work. My hourly mm-hmm. rate pays for my actual time. Lowering my fee doesn't reduce the amount of time it takes for me to do the work. I have Mm -hmm. a steadfast rule of treating all my clients the same. They are treated fairly and all received the same same standard of quality of work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I then, after that, got a phone call from him begging. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember what I was going to tell you how it it ended up. He kept like begging and pushing and pushing. And I kept saying, you know, I'm really sorry. And I I couldn't believe when you think about how much time, you know, I could have just stopped responding. But I thought it's not professional Mm -hmm. to just not respond when someone wants to hire you. And um, he finally was like, well, what if you did it on your personal time? (laughs) This is is the knee slap and peeing in your pants part. Because while it was enraging to hear something like that. My response to him, I kind of giggled. I go, my personal time? So I'm supposed to work for you for 60% less on overtime, basically, Mm -hmm. my personal time when I'm supposed to be eating or sleeping or spending time with family and friends. I mean, needless to say, it ended up not working out. And I I don't mean to sound so bitter about this, but this, this, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, was um, another really good example of like, wow, thank God I knew enough early enough on to be like, I'm sorry, I don't just don't think this is going to work out. And, And this is a very unusual situation where someone would come back this much this this right. many times and try and beg you i mean after and i kept saying no i'm sorry i can't lower it i can't lower it i can't lower it um mm-hmm. eventually he gave up and i just said i'm really sorry and he's like okay well let me see right. what i can do because he made it sound like we've got like 20 different websites and you're gonna get so much work <laughs> like what di- you know to, to the specific point of and i think that we need to really think about this it's not just a matter of like oh maybe i'll just do it for less if you know something's mm-hmm. going to take you 10 hours and someone wants you to lower your rate but you still have to do something and it takes 10 hours you are now making less per hour exactly so you either work twice as fast to get it done so you're still making your hourly rate or you are making way less and so mm-hmm. 
what what is the we've talked about this what what is the the expression ever you can't have the the best product at the fastest speed and the best customer service. You, you can't have all right. three. Some something's gotta give. If you want, it's you know, it's the classic. It's the classic pick two. You know, yeah. good cheap, good cheap and fast. Um, you can only have two. Right. And and it's funny because it's not even just graphic design that applies to it. It's everything in everything, life. Everything. Yeah. So, I totally agree. So yeah. It so, is. Kind of well. I was just going to keep things moving along a little okay. bit here. Um, so the last part that we kind of wanted to discuss was, you know, you get through a situation like this, and there's always kind of that feeling of guilt or remorse, maybe. Um, and, and and it's funny because you know, uh, in the time you know since my stories happened, I mean, there has been a couple clients that I did turn down, and in in one case, uh, you know, just a couple days ago here, I, I had to turn them down, not because they were a bad client, but it was just me realizing that what I was going to do for them, you know, in, in terms of their project needs wasn't going to be enough to fulfill their needs. So, um, you know, it, it, it was a good deal because, you know, I wanted to see that client, that potential client get their needs completely fulfilled. Um, and I, I, you know, realized that I wasn't going to be able to do that. But there's still that feeling that kind of gnaws at the back of your head a little bit that, you know, ooh, this was a $15,000 or a $20,000 project and I'm just letting it slip through my hands. Um, so I guess the question will bounce off of you, you know, when you do say no to a client, how do you deal with with kind of that remorse or that guilt that you kind of get after that? At the risk of sounding like a sociopath, <laughs> You just kind of get over it. I mean, I, I again, I, do. I really don't want to sound like a cold-hearted bitch, but it's this is business, not personal. And right. and and like you said earlier, this is something that maybe with more experience, you sort of just not get numb to it, but you it, you get more. I can see. It. Yeah, you yeah, just I, let it go. I, I can see it getting easier over time. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still get those pangs in my stomach of like, oh God, uh, is this really the right decision to make? But. Um, Dan, you and I were talking about a situation earlier today and I said, look, you know what I'm talking about. And it doesn't mm -hmm. even really matter, you know, subject matter wise, but I said, is, is at the risk of sounding cliche, you got to follow your gut. If your instinct, yep. if your initial immediate instinct is to walk away from something, you walk away Exactly, and, and to you know try and justify it. It, it just, mm -hmm. no matter how I've ever tried to justify something that didn't feel right for what, for one reason or another, I always end up being like, oh, I should have listened to my gut a month ago. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, you know, it, it, and I find this kind of true, just generally speaking, not to like get all philosophical and everybody here, but it's amazing how often your gut is right mm -hmm. in life. Um, it's equally amazing, at least to me personally, sometimes how many times my gut says no, and I go ahead and do something anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, you feel like an idiot afterwards and, you know, hopefully, you're, you know, when you go against your gut, you're not putting yourself in too much of a compromising situation. Um, but, you know, especially over time as I'm running my own business, doing my own, you know, freelance design stuff here. It's amazing how often you can kind of rely on your gut, especially as you get more experience as a graphic designer mm -hmm. or, you know, as a business person, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and that's kind of the difficult thing I think to teach, you know, especially younger people, younger entrepreneurs getting into a business like this, that, you know, you're going to make these mistakes out of the gate. Everybody does. I think it's almost kind of an unofficial christening, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, of being a graphic designer. Um, 
but you know, I find that the quicker that you learn how to, you know, identify a situation like that, how to, you know, get out of it, how to avoid it, ideally, you know, the better off you're going to be in the long run. Well, you know, one thing that I've been thinking about lately is um, really trying to keep myself from getting too complacent. Um, I'm very fortunate. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy. Things are good. I'm busy. Um, I haven't really, not even haven't really, I haven't had to make a cold call for new business in several Mm -hmm. years, which, you know, I know how fortunate I am that that's the case. And it's because I either have repeat business or referral business, whatever the reason, um, I can, you know, just like anybody can, you can kind of fall into a bit of complacency and Mm -hmm. then, then, which is the other side of things, turning work down because you think on some subconscious level, like, (laughs) I don't need to do that. Like I've got all my work or I'm doing fine. And I don't really have that attitude per se, but yeah, there are times where I'm like, seriously, this is, this is already, I can tell going to be way too much aggravation. I'm busy. I've got Mm -hmm. other clients who respect my time and my money and my, and everything. Um, I don't, I don't need to be jumping through hoops, uh, for someone who's asking me to, to lower my rate. And, um, so it's, I, I, I don't know now that we're talking about it and just kind of thinking through this out loud, I, I really do think that it, it just, it just does come down to the longer you do it, the better you get at it. And it's exactly not and, just and the th- design skill, but it's the business skill. Exactly. And, and I think it kind of brings us to probably a good wrapping point for this episode, but you know, I, I come to you often for advice, especially, you know, the situation that I described earlier in the show here and there's always one bit of advice you always give me at the end of, of your, uh, you know, helping me out and whatnot. And I always get aggravated with this advice. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but I love that I aggravate you. What well, is it's, it's, it's not that you're aggravating me. It's just I'm aggravated hearing it because the problem is, is that it's right what is 100% it? of the time. And that is, it's always going to work out. It's oh. always going to get better. There's always, you know... It, it's not the end of the world, um, you know, and, and I, I think you you kind of enjoy saying that to me sometimes because, you know, there, there's times I might come to you with a, a problem like this. And, you know, when you're in that moment, when you're vested in it and it's it's, you know, right there, it's easy to get worked up over it, um, you know, which is why I enjoy having you as a colleague, you know, that you're kind of away from the situation. You're not as emotionally attached to it that you can step back and say, you know what, Dan, you're just kind of being an idiot about this. Um you know, I, I appreciate that. Uh-huh. So sorry about that. Tootsie has something to say. Sorry, go ahead. I guess so. We're getting dogs on the show now. Sweet. Well, um, and we have had that conversation many, yeah. many times. And I, you know, I just want to say, I, I get no pleasure out of seeing someone struggling through something. But the reality right. is, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm more pleased than anything to hear that at least it's proving to to work out. But, um, anytime that we're in a situation where we, you know, when you're in the moment, you're like, shit, this is just, (laughs) I I can't, this is never going to get better. Um, every time, sometimes it's a matter of 15 minutes, you'll come back and you'll be like, uh, yeah. So my wife just told me that I have to come apologize. (laughs) I remember the first time your wife made you kind of reach out, you know, funny, not, not, yeah. Uh, whipping sort of way, but you were like, so I just thought I'd let you know, like I just got contacted by three new prospects, whatever the situation is. So, mm-hmm. um, when w- it's, it's the, when one door closes, 10 open exactly. uh, concept, but, um, Ex- exactly. So perfect. Cool. Well, I think, I think that's a great wrapping up point for, uh, today's episode. Um, so I guess we'll kind of jump into the, uh, whole, how can people 
find you online, social media, website, portfolios? Oh, um, well, uh, so, I didn't know if you were going to go first. I can be found um, at jessicarosengard.com. On Twitter, I am jrosengard. And awesome. uh, it, you can find my Facebook page link through my website. Uh, it's just I, I don't know offhand what the, what the page link is because it's long. But uh, yeah. easy, easy to find it through my website. Awesome. And uh, you can find me online at dannesbitt.com. My Twitter handle is also Dan Nesbitt. I can't even talk right now. Um, and I always like to plug my Dribble account because really I should be doing more with that. You can find me there at Dan Nesbitt as well. And uh, hopefully in the next uh, few weeks here, I know at the time of this podcast we don't have it up yet, but uh, we'll be aiming to have our Twitter account set up. So I will be super excited about that. And uh, hopefully we'll be uh, up and rocking in the iTunes uh, store as well. So if you guys find us on iTunes, make sure to uh, rate our podcast, give us some love. And uh, if you feel so inclined, make sure to leave a review as well. We definitely appreciate anything that uh, you're able to write, preferably kind things. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got to, you know, try, right? You got to try. So, exactly. So anyway, um, well, that was an awesome episode, I think. It went fast. We're, 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 yeah, it always does. But I think we're kind of nailing it down. Oh, so. yeah. Anyhow, I uh, appreciate everyone who uh, took about a half hour out of their day to take a listen. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. Take care.